0: You're listening to Small Business Made Simple, a podcast for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Most of our interviews aren't with professional speakers and authors. The bulk of our interviews are with hardworking business owners that are out in the community building their businesses, leading their teams, and leaving a legacy. And they want to share what they've learned with you. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the owner of One Click Agency, a website design company for small businesses. And I'm also one of the co-hosts of this show. Our goal today is to help you stand out to your customers, beat your competition, and grow your business. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Larissa, thank you so much for joining me on Small Business Made Simple. It is wonderful to have you here today.
1: Oh, thanks, Sam. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. So, for those of you who are listening, um, Larissa Haynes is a human behavior enthusiast from Boston, Boston Massachusetts. And uh, she's the founder of Quivet Consulting. She's here with us. And we were talking before the call. She's a big, uh, not sports fan, New England sports fan. There's a difference, they're a breed of their own. And uh, as a Yankee fan, that was a fun conversation. But I said, for the love of the game, we can talk today. <laughs>
1: We both have that same, you know, I'm through and through a New England girl, New England sports, you know, Red Sox for life, but I'm not an anti-Yankees person. I'm a pro Red Sox. So yeah, we we can definitely hang out. (laughs) I
0: love it. Um, Can you just start by sharing um, what Quivet Consulting is and what you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, Quivet Consulting is is me, basically, and um, I have a network of other coaches and consultants that I use if... Projects are bigger than me, but essentially it's me. Um, And what I do is I work with founders, um, leaders, and mostly small business um, owners to help understand who they are as leaders, understand how that impacts their organization, their people, their growth. So looking at their strategy of like, hey, this is where we want to go and this is what we want to do and helping them create a people strategy that aligns with it. Mm -hmm. So inside of all of that, I do some one-on-one coaching. So executive coaching. Um, One of my favorite things and the thing that kind of lights me up is the teamwork. So getting in and meeting with each of the teams and helping each of the teams understand themselves as individuals and then how they work really efficiently together. Because then that goes into the organizational level, right? And then helping each organization become really deliberate in who they are, what they want to be. Because at the end of the day, that actually is like the express train to success you know it creates a whole lot of organizational efficiencies when people know how to talk to each other and get along
0: that is so so true and um, the main thing that you 're going to be sharing with us today is the importance of self awareness as a leader and emo- emotional intelligence eq as a leader and um, no one to my knowledge has but we have a couple of other mini series on the show has talked about. EQ and emotional intelligence. So I'm excited about it. It's uh, really underrated. And um, I think you're going to knock it out of the park. So the first question, or the first point that you have here, um, when it comes to understanding your self-awareness and emotional intelligence is start understanding the difference between professional vulnerability and over disclosure. And then in addition to that, learn how to leverage the power of professional vulnerability. So can you first explain what you mean by that and why we need to leverage that power?
1: Sure, yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> either fancy or scary words depending on <laughs> who you yeah. um, You know, for years and years, we looked at vulnerability as, you know, honestly, when I was working with certain leaders, when I bring in the word vulnerability, they think of it as almost like a systems weakness, like, oh, we're vulnerable to this, um, you know, external threat. So, when the kind of vulnerability I'm talking about now is more personal, right? Mm-hmm. So, vulnerable leadership looks like owning your stuff, knowing who you are. So, this is where that self awareness and EQ really kind of come in to help it. So, understanding who you are, how you lead, what your strengths are, and what you're not great at. Mm-hmm. And that difference between, cause then the other side is when I bring up vulnerability, everybody goes to that sort of personal vulnerability that you have when you're like, getting to know your partner or inside your family where, you know, the squishy feelings come in and that's not really it either. Um, Or we collapse it into disclosure where it's like, I'm just gonna tell you everything there is to know about me and then I'm being vulnerable. That's not it either. So professional vulnerability is linking back into what I'm good at, what I'm not at, and owning the impact of those. So as a leader, if I'm someone who is really great at being enthusiastic and my people love me and they're on my team, but I'm really bad at conveying details and following up on things. If I own that to my team, if I'm vulnerable vulnerable enough to say, hey, I get that I'm not good at this and here's the impact on you guys, Mm. your team's actually gonna trust you a whole lot more. So that's really where that comes in.
0: So it's more of the shortcomings as a professional is what will create the vulnerability and the trust. Not necessarily, this is what I did when I was 12. Let's talk <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah.
1: Like, wait, there's a big difference between private. You
0: uh-huh. know? Okay. Yeah, line. And being
1: vulnerable. <laughs> like, we don't need to know what happened with your mama. You know? <laughs>
0: yeah. What are some other examples of not, I don't know, not necessarily too far, but where are some other areas we can find that line?
1: So another great one is, and especially this is, you know, during times of crisis. So during COVID, this was a lot where, especially small business owners, um, you're alone. And I get it. Like I grew up in a small business. I have worked with actually hundreds of small family businesses. Um, that feeling of like, oh gosh, that I don't know what to do. This is mm-hmm. not something I know what to do. And then there's this moment of either wanting to like completely pretend like it's all okay and don't worry about it and trust me and I'm fine, which isn't really so. And then the other side is that over disclosure of going in and being like, I'm going to be totally transparent with my people and tell them, I have no idea what's going on either and I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. So this this professional vulnerability is, is somewhere in between those two, <laughs> right? Of saying, admitting, hey, this is unprecedented. I, i here's what i know here's what i don't know here's how we're handling it here's how i'm gonna keep you guys in the loop so it's that almost authentic communication of not saying hey i'm terrified too but that i'm very aware that this is happening and it's impactful and i'm not gonna pretend like all is okay
0: Mm -hmm. the second point you have here is you need to start encouraging productive conflict, keyword there, productive conflict, um, from top leaders down. And when someone's listening to this, they might cringe as soon as they hear the word conflict. Um, can you reassure us that it's okay?
1: Yeah, it's so funny how we have such a visceral reaction to the word conflict. Um, and you know, from a human behavior standpoint, some of us are actually wired it's a continuum. So some of us are wired to be really comfortable with it, so comfortable that we actually don't know we're engaging in it. Um and for others, we are so wired against it that even someone setting a boundary can feel like conflict.
0: Mm-hmm. That would I'm in that camp.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> people are. <laughs> and right. So when you've got two people that are like kind of sparring with each other. They don't even know. They're just sort of engaged in this debate. And if you're in the room, you're like, I just want to turn into ether and get sucked out through the HVAC. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So again, on that continuum, we're looking for that middle ground of what can tend to happen is teams will go all the way to one side and create artificial harmony. Mm -hmm. And that's the go along to get along. So this is, and what that looks like in the world is, if you've got a leadership team, who goes into a room, has a conversation, they say, yeah, 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 that's great, that's fine, we'll decide on that, it's because Mm -hmm. I don't wanna, I don't wanna fight with Jen anymore, like just let her win, we're gonna walk out and I'm gonna go do whatever I want anyway. Or swing the other way, you've got, you know, a bunch of leaders who are really comfortable with conflict Mm -hmm. to the point that it becomes antagonistic, combative, and personal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So teaching your leaders How to engage with each other and say, we're going to have this discussion and we're going to leave everything on the table. Nothing is going to go unsaid, but everything will stay on topic. Mm -hmm. It's not about who did what or how you do it or a personalization of it. It's we're all going to bring forward every idea and debate it out. So learning how to debate ideas is really kind of what productive conflict is all
0: about. Okay, that does make sense because people might, like I said, they hear the word conflict and they're like, no, but a healthy debate um, is, I guess, really a form of conflict that can be productive, right?
1: Right. Yeah. And that's truly where innovation comes from. That's where growth comes from. Um, If you have people in a room that are going to bite their tongue for the sake of getting along, Mm -hmm. you're... Protracting how long it's going to take you to get to that next great breakthrough, right? Mm-hmm. So, if especially, so I work with a lot of that um, early startup, um, so like year three ish, no. where it's like, okay, we've done all these great things, but now <laughs> we're bringing new people in. We've got to learn how to have these conversations with new people and new ideas without squashing those new ideas.
0: Here at OneClick, we know that at the end of the day, you just want to be a successful business owner. And in order to do that, you need a website that looks amazing and gets results. The problem is you don't know where to start when it comes to building a website, which makes you feel overwhelmed every time you try to begin the process on your own. We believe you should never feel overwhelmed about building a website. We understand what it feels like not knowing where to start, which is why we can handle the work for you. Here's how it works. Step one, visit oneclickagency.com to get a quote. Step two, let us build you a professional website. And step three, your business will stand out online without you lifting a finger. Visit oneclickagency.com today so you can stop feeling overwhelmed about your website and instead get a professional to build one that stands out from your competition and gets you results. How have you encouraged or encouraged organizations to encourage um, the quiet ones that don't like conflict? Even though you put it out on the table that okay, this is an open debate; um, everyone needs to participate. How have you uh, encouraged the the people that don't like conflict um, to really speak up?
1: Yeah. So through facilitation, you know, in the group, I having someone external come in is a really mm. smart idea. Um, so two kind of pieces to this, I, I use certain assessments, um, and come in so that we neutralize everybody as everyone is valuable. However you approach it is valuable. And we talk about the values of the people that are maybe more quiet and do, you know, have a high value of harmony to say, here's where that comes in really handy. Here's where it's a challenge, right? So we do that work first. And then I help facilitate the conversation. And honestly, in some of them, I do an exercise where, you know, I I already know who like the first talkers are. (laughs) They have to go last or I make them scribe and they're not allowed to add, they go last and can't add anything unless it's new. So if all the ideas that have come out have already come out, they don't get to to play that time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They must be like burning in their seat ready to say something.
1: Yeah, you should see the hallway afterwards. You know, this is not going to be do it in person where it's like, because then afterwards it's like, dig, 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 um, and that obviously is a, is a learning exercise. That wouldn't be how I would do it, you know. So when I do actual strategy meetings, um, a lot of the times I know behaviorally who's going to do what. So it, there's a lot of things that we put in place, like a very clear agenda. So making mm-hmm. sure people that need that time to prepare Um, And letting those people who like the preparedness go first with their prepared statements. And then the people who like to kind of brainstorm off the cuff, they get to go second because now there's energy in the room. And then we do a follow-up where we, you know, combine all of the information that was shared.
0: That's so interesting. Um, So we started with a couple of things that we need to start doing in our organizations, our businesses, our companies. Um, And you have two points here that we need to stop doing when it comes to um, our self-awareness and emotional e- or EQ. So the first one is stop thinking you understand the needs, drives, and motivations of your people without unbiased data. Can you unpack that for us?
1: I can. So here's the deal. And I'm free going to say this. I am a huge advocate of behavioral assessments. I understand that a lot of people out there mm. have been burned by them. There's organizations that may have used them um, incorrectly. Every company I've worked with has done it well. So you know, I'm a huge fan too. For
0: those of you who are listening there, I love them. I'm a nerd great. about them. So.
1: Yeah. And especially in this development way. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So understanding when we name something, it, our brain just automatically gets more comfortable with it. Right. So if you surveyed most people and said, Hey, do you think that everybody works the same? You know, everyone's going to click that no button. Really
0: quickly, Right. <laughs>
1: But when you put those same people on a project together, and one of the people on the project is moving slower, right? And they're more methodical, and they need, you know, let's not push that deadline, and I don't want to move forward, and I need more information instantly in that, like, there's something wrong with that if there's a person who likes to go fast and doesn't need a whole lot of detail. So, where the idea of like, stop pretending that you know what other people want is you're only understanding that through your lens of like how you receive things, number one. And number two, human beings are amazingly adaptable. So if I'm in a situation where there's a power dynamic and I think my boss wants me to be XYZ, I have enough energy to go be something other than what I really am. And so for years and years and years, my boss might think, You know I'm incredibly analytical and don't like to talk to people because that's what I thought was required of that job.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: When naturally, I'm spending a whole lot of my time and energy trying to be somebody that I'm not um, and being managed improperly because of it.
0: Yeah, Um, you mentioned at the beginning of that question that there are a lot of personality behavioral tests out there. Is there one that you found that you like the most that you recommend to organizations?
1: So there's a few, yeah. <laughs> it depends on the needs and what you're doing. So that's one of the big ones. Um, my two favorites, I, right now I work with DISC um, and there's a, a whole suite of, we do, there's a leadership, sales, um, agile EQ, you know, workplace. So there's a lot of different assessments that can help. From a hiring perspective, um, I used to work with predictive index and I have a lot of respect for them and their product. Um, you know. Wonderlick caliper um, there 's a lot there 's a lot out there. I think the key for me if you 're looking to to shop for one um, scientific validation, how long have they been around, and how often are they uh, these older ones a lot of these were all kind of created back in the 1950s. Um, mm-hmm. They've they've had everybody poke every hole possible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: The the science is on their side. Some of these mm-hmm. newer AI based ones, um, you know, me being the data and science and behavior nerd, um, that's one of the things I'm kind of researching right now. Is like, yeah. you know, what's the validity on that? So, um, I would go with a a longstanding scientifically validated one that meets the needs of of mm. what you're intending to do. If it's hiring, if it's you know coaching and managing, um, if it's organizational wide and whether you're small business or enterprise level. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I personally love the disc too. I've been through it a couple of times. I, I am definitely a nerd about this stuff, so I'm going to have to calm down here, (laughs) but the final question you have here is stop treating each person the same, uh, in the hiring and onboarding process. Um, I think that's really important.
1: Yeah. So this is something, you know, having the past four years been this, you know candidates market <laughs> we've sort of swung the pendulum the other way but i still think it's really important to understand that you're hiring a human being even though it it's very process driven now and there's all these things but so when you're interviewing the person getting really surgical with your behavioral interviewing by doing a pre-hire assessment you know or at least asking them different questions based on How did they communicate? Were they someone that used a lot of exclamation points and happy faces, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like they're going to want a particular type of interview. So if you're interviewing every candidate the exact same way for every job, you know, it's, you know, that old, like you're, you're testing a fish on a bicycle, (laughs) on his ability to ride a bicycle. Like it's just not, not everybody's going to be able to fit that. Um, and I am a massive advocate for, um, personalizing onboarding now there's the regular like hr onboarding where it's like fill out this form in your healthcare and blah 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 i mean more like team and and manager level onboarding you know again is it someone who's like really outgoing and throw them a party on the first day they're gonna love that if it's someone who's more introspective and it takes time for them to trust and they're more analytical and skeptical like hook them up with one buddy who's built like that, right? (laughs) Like give them like one partner to like, for the first few weeks show them where all the things are, Um, like really understanding how to integrate a person into a new team based on who they are. And that retention, you'll notice a a spike in your retention if you start Mm -hmm. doing that.
0: I don't know if you're familiar with the show Parks and Recreation. Um, I One, I love that show. And if you're listening, so... Every single character has a different personality trait, which you've probably noticed Larissa, but there's this one scene where Leslie, who the boss, who's the boss, and she is so outgoing. All she does is throw these parties, these massive parties for everybody. And there's one guy in her team that is not trusting, hates attention, uh, Ron Swanson. And all day long, he's stressed out that she's going to throw him this massive party. So every door he opens, he's like shuddering back because there's going to be balloons in his face and nothing happens. And at the end of the day, he opens this door and Leslie like lets him in. I don't know if you remember this to this like steak dinner in a sound isolated room with an old Western. And he's like, she's like, you thought I was going to throw you a party. Are you kidding? This is you. And it just reminds me exactly of what you're saying. And he was like, in just delighted that that was what she remembered about him.
1: <laughs> so first of all, that's one of my all time favorite TV shows.
0: <laughs> I'm with um, you. And
1: I get compared to Leslie Knope a lot. So <laughs>
0: that is so funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I work, um, I, I volunteer a lot and sit on committees and, and politics in my town too. So yeah, I'm, I'm that girl that's out there like trying to get the park made.
0: <laughs> that is so funny. Well, Larissa, it's been awesome having you on Small Business Made Simple. Um, I love this topic and I hope that uh, everyone listening is going to enjoy it too. I'm sure they will. Can you just close out by sharing where we can find out more about you, whether it's through LinkedIn, a website? What do you have for us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I Find me on LinkedIn. That's a great place. I post content daily, um, all, all, all surrounding on this topic. You can also find me at quivitconsulting.com. Um, I also have a podcast called Make Work Human. So if you're into kind of this stuff and learning about it, my co-host Jen Baggett and I, um, it's a weekly, it drops on Fridays and we have some great guests and sometimes just us talking about EQ, IQ, <laughs> vulnerability, all that jazz. So yeah, that's where you can find me.
0: Well, thank you so much, Larissa. It's been awesome having you on. Thanks, Sam. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Small Business Made Simple. If you learned something insightful, actionable, or useful that you're excited to implement in your business, please leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Not only are you helping other future listeners find the show, you're giving them an opportunity to learn something valuable they can implement as well. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Small Business Made Simple podcast, where we believe in providing you with the tools you need to stand out to your customers, beat your competition, and grow your business.